Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the board. I mean, I'm Alex. This week, we're talking about Iron Man 2. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Sounds good. So yeah, well, I'm just going to go ahead and say this real quick. I had considered changing my grade on the Incredible Hulk. This is, this this would have been a first for us. We've okay. never redacted or, or you know completely changed a grade after the fact. So I gave the Incredible Hulk a C plus. Basically, it came down to me being really annoyed at myself because I was thinking about grades that I would probably be giving other Marvel movies. Yep. And I was thinking there would be other movies I'd probably give a C plus to that are better than the Incredible Hulk. So, at, at most, I would be downgrading it to a C. So it's it's utterly pointless, and mm. I'm wasting everybody's time. Just thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> okay, great start. We really got the ball rolling. Great start. So Iron Man Two came out in 2010, directed by John Favreau. It has a 73% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 72% audience score. Interesting. Which are comparable to the Incredible Hulk's scores, okay. which is funny. I mean, the Incredible Hulk's not very funny. I don't know what you're... I laughed the whole time. Oh. It's weird. Tyler, what's your best <laughs> thing and your worst thing about Iron Man um, 2.0? So my best thing is Mickey Rourke's hair. <laughs> That's not true. Just in case you couldn't tell. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna start with my worst thing to stall for time while my my mind tries to figure out what my best thing is. My worst thing is, I think, ultimately Whiplash. I we can we're gonna have to spend some time just talking about him because I I think he's a, a lot of the crux behind why this movie doesn't work as well as it could, and I don't know. I also think he very much is is behind some of the Marvel villains are weak kind of thing. And I, I think that applies to, to several of the kind of early phase Marvel villains. But, like, I mean, Ironmonger kind of applies to it, but we, we, we discussed how we do we did, like, Abomination enough. Um, That's not, how you do a completely filler yeah, villain. Yeah, exactly. Um, which where, this, where he has which, an interesting spin of a motivation, which, but ultimately he's not really that important. Whiplash should have been like that. Yeah. And he's not, and we'll talk about well, it. Well, the problem is his story is finished at at halfway through the movie. Yes. So after that, he becomes very, very superfluous. But they still focus a lot of time. But they still focus a lot yes. of time. He's on him. still basically like the dual protagonist of the movie, and it's it's got some problems. We'll talk about it. Um, also, he has a weird scream at the beginning when he's when his father dies. It's very odd. <laughs> My best I found thing... that horribly distracting in a in a Talia death scene kind of way. God, I hate you. <laughs> Did it bother you? Yes. See, see, okay, we we're on some common ground here. My best thing. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, listen to the Dark Knight Rises episode. <laughs> Plug. Uh, I guess it's it a good would... episode. Yeah. Uh, Very I, long. Yeah, I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna keep talking not about this movie. <laughs> I don't 
like you. Um, probably, I like almost. I I want to say Robert Downey Jr., but I don't even think that that's really where my mind goes when I think about the thing. I maybe it might actually be um, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Which is, kind of, which is kind of a strange thing. But, like, when I think about things that I think about... And I'll, I'll kind of explain why that is um, in the context of sort of this movie and everything. But when I think about things that I like about this movie... And it's not because, like, oh, she's super hot. I mean, she's, she's a very attractive lady, sure. But that's not where... I think in this movie, she's the most beautiful woman alive. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there. No, um... But yeah, I, and and I'll I'll have I'll just have to spend some time talking about that because that'll be a, a whole other facet that kind of ties into some other things. But when I think about the things that I appreciate most about this movie, I think it's that, and it, that's kind of part of the world building and everything, and the fact that this does sort of expand and, and take us on our way into the larger MCU as it stands today, and, and sort of that's the, the the kickoff point that we do get out of this movie. So. I'll leave it at that for now, but we'll talk about her and Nick Fury and Coulson and all that stuff as we kind of dive in here. All right. Well, crap, what am I thinking? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you're not used to me finishing my best and worst thing within the first ten minutes. Yeah, usually you, you just ramble on and you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm done. Are we sure about that? <laughs> We're sure about that? Okay. My best thing is the scene... Uh, where Tony has to defend himself before the Senate Arms Committee. Mm -hmm. I think that is... I don't know, I feel like that's just the most interesting scene of the movie, and I wish the movie was more about that. Yeah. Which where... it feels like in, in every every now and then it feels like, oh, maybe that's what they're kind of going for, and yeah. then it's not really what they're going for. Just on top of, it's a super funny scene, all the dialogue's very, very yes. sharp. Extremely snappy. Yeah. The whole thing with Tony hacking into the, the the footage they've stolen. Yeah, yeah. And he's able to figure out what's going on. And he goes, oh, all the other countries that are developing this country, or, or this technology, five years away. Hammer tech, ten years. Yeah, yeah. Really funny. And then you got, what's, what's the senator's name? I don't remember. It turns out to be Hydra. Yeah. Um, which is a nice callback. Because hey, continuity matters in this universe. Because uh -huh. um, he is he is very anti Stark in this movie, and yeah. he very much wants the Iron Man technology. Yeah, under his kind of not his necessarily, but like yeah. Um, probably a runner up for best thing for me would be uh, Justin Hammer, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I think that's also very fair because he is hysterical in this movie. Mm -hmm. He's and very I, good. I just wish he was in it more and maybe as it went along we started taking his character and also just... if maybe he was the primary villain. Yeah. And maybe if we just started taking his character a tad bit seriously because when, when if we get the movie the end. if the movie had gotten to the, gotten us to the point where he is the one who's sticking the drones on everybody I think that would have been really compelling it would have been interesting to see kind of his his turn and him slowly become like so obsessed with taking down Stark that that he would have you know, got to that point where he put people in danger and kind of ruined his his, or maybe if Stark ruined his relationships with the military, yeah, something along those lines. But instead, it's just sort of Mickey Rourke hacks into things because reasons, yeah, and then Stark blows them all up. Oh, you mean like maybe Tony blows up his house and they're like, we can't support you anymore? Yeah. Oh, hey, thanks, Rhodey, for bringing us this awesome <laughs> Iron Man suit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there's a good way to streamline most of this movie. Yeah, there there's just a lot of pieces that kind of like flare out into something that never really happens, and then you kind of come back to the rest of the movie 
and you're like, wait, what? And then it does the exact same thing with another part of the movie, and you're just like, okay. We'll, we'll get to the end eventually. Unfocused is a word we keep using, or yeah. kept using when, when kind of um, digesting our thoughts. My, I guess my worst thing is going to be the third act again. <laughs> is that three movies in a row where your worst thing's been the third act? Did, was that my worst thing in the, the last one? I know it was for, the, sure. for Iron Man, but I, I can't remember for The Incredible Hulk. I'm really not sure. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. But I'm curious because so F- far, I think it has been a weakness. The the most com- like most consistent weakness is yeah. just that they don't really, they don't know how to end it. And it's cause it's because the first two are origin movies, so that's that's kind of usually a, a that's a problem with superhero movies. Yes, um, superhero origin movies just don't tend to yeah. to, to work like that well. But yeah, then. Um, Seriously. This, this movie just even doesn't... If, <laughs> even if you go back to Superman the movie or the the first yeah. Tim Burton Batman movie... Yeah, absolutely. Those have third acts that kind of just fall apart. Yeah. It happens a whole lot. It really does. That's... I, I should do an analysis on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's mostly just... The, the set piece is just kind of bleh. Yeah. It's and just, it's, it's very strange that, like... Iron Man's still kind of like flying around the area and not trying to lead everybody away. Oh, and there's a lot of cases where where it's it's like, oh, people should totally be dying. Yeah, it's like that would horribly murder like half the crowd there and it just doesn't. But at least they're not actually showing people die horribly. Yeah. Like other superhero (laughs) movies from other franchises. I won't name names. Not doing it. I mean, really just any, like X-Men Apocalypse even is, is an example you could throw out here. Like, even though Brian Singer apparently made a point to not show anybody die in that either, God. that's 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 like this to to uh, like times a million. Yes, yes. Where, okay, okay, good enough. You're you're not showing people die. I'm fine mm. with that. You're showing people barely escape. You know, it's kind there's of there's no blood. Close. There's it's no clearly a terrifying situation, yeah. but we're not necessarily there's, killing anybody. There's no blood on the hero's hands. Yeah, but at the same time, the amount of damage you're showing, people should be dying. Yeah, exactly. realistically speaking. So just write in a way where that's not. Yeah, just just have him lead the drones away. But just like they're fighting a bunch of robots, it's just kind of whatever. Yep, I agree. I don't know, and I think the robot designs are kind of. They're fighting a bunch of robots, and then they're all. He's also fighting War Machine. Well, he's not. War Machine. He's not, he's not really fighting. Yeah, them. he doesn't. No, there's never really War Machine. They're just flying around, and then the robots keep blowing stuff up, and it's, then eventually Iron Man blows them all up, and then War Machine gets unhacked or whatever. Yeah. I would say the Black Widow angle of that third act is more interesting because she just yep. goes in all spy, you know, Jason well, Bourne like, and just takes yeah, all she's the guards the best out. Part of the third yeah. Act. yeah, just because her set piece is awesome. Yeah. But but then the best part of the third act is when Iron Man and War Machine are like in that that little I don't know what you would call that, like a planet? No, not a planetarium. Um, almost like a greenhouse. It's almost like a Japanese garden. Yeah, type like a very area. fancy, yeah, like I, a Japanese greenhouse type yeah. thing. But, but the best part is they're they're arguing with each other about positions to take, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to take the lower ground." No, you don't want to go there. That's where you go to die. And then suddenly they hear the the robots coming in, and it's mm-hmm. like, "Oh crap, we can't, can't <laughs> we can't move." But then they 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 go back to back, and they're just gunning down robots yeah. for like thirty seconds, and it was all over the trailers, and they shouldn't have done that. That's yeah. the best part of the movie. And it, or well, the best part of the third third act, yeah. And it lasts thirty seconds. Yep. And then it's over, and then they have a dumb fight with uh, Whiplash. Yep. That's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this suit's kind of cool, I guess. 
it's it it looks like Ironmonger but worse, and it's got yeah. giant whips. Yeah. Because he's obsessed with whips. Yeah, and they never explain it. Also, Rhodey shoots the ex-wife, which is an awesome setup payoff gag. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoots it at him, and he he doesn't have his helmet on for some reason. Yep. So he's just kind of unprotected. Why didn't Why didn't they just shoot the ex-wife at his face? Mm-hmm. I'm suffering from a hemorrhoid <laughs> that, attack. That, that entire That entire like. Battle oh, I also like that bit when yeah. when. Pepper realizes, wait, you're dying? You, you didn't tell me you were dying. I was going to tell you when I made you that omelet. Yep. Um, I like that. The, the little <clears throat> back and forth. Yeah. It's funny. And the, yeah, the, the entire battle with Whiplash, he just keeps opening up his helmet. Because we need to be reminded it's Mickey Rourke under I, there. I honestly, and that's something we need, we'll, we'll need to talk about. Was that your, did you say your Fast and Worst thing? Yes. Did, yeah. So we can go ahead and kind of, kind of roll off into something here. Um, it does kind of feel like Mickey Rourke was really pushing for a lot of things in this, which is strange and unnecessary. And like, based on what I understand, they kind of just let him create his own character mm-hmm. and just kind of let him go. Which I, was probably some sort of thing between like, okay, so we just made and our, he just won the Oscar at this point. Well, that's what I'm thinking wrestler. is like, oh, he's he's you know he's a, he's a highly regarded actor, and like he's he's got. Um, the the like <clears> or <throat> we're coming off of the Incredible Hulk, which wasn't really much of a success, and like we need to kind of get something here that's a little more like you know better. Yeah, and so they they, <laughs> they I can imagine they would pull him on, and they'd be like, oh yeah, you can do what you want with the character, and we'll we'll let you kind of have some free reign here because you know we need you on the movie, so we'll 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 kind of make a deal with you, and then things did not go very well. And um, I know there was bad blood between uh, Marvel and him at the end. I know he's openly complained about them in interviews. Because, like, I guess not enough of his stuff got in. Yeah, even though... Too much of his stuff got in. I, it's not nearly as bad as the Jared Leto situation, but it's almost like how, how people defend that by saying, oh, we didn't get enough yeah. of him. No, we got enough. We got more than enough. And we can tell you it's bad. Yeah. Um, it's more just Mickey Ward. It's it's just it's too weird. Yes. It's just too out there. It's it's and I mentioned I, I joked about his hair earlier. That's kind of a silly thing to joke about, but it's also actually really really distracting in the movie that he's got like this weird like white streaked hair. Like he's got like he's colored it, and it's like the length and everything, and like the way he like wraps it up in a ponytail. Or he, he looks like a hipster that hasn't grown up. Yeah, he's not intimidating. But then he's got Russian tattoos, and it's just a huge. Yes, it's just very strange. Weird. Like he's supposed to look like kind of weird and off-putting, but he kind of just ends up looking weird in a he looks someone like, you'd find in a looks, nightclub he, in Los Angeles. He looks like he's on the verge of trying to audition to replace Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. A little bit, a little bit. And all he, he needs his, is a little eyeliner. His Russian accent, I feel like, is just a little too thick. It's a little too cartoonish. Um, and and yeah, he's just he's just a should have gotten Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, really. Um. <laughs> he's just a character who ends up being very cartoony for a lot of the time, and it's not very good. Um, yeah, and then and and so like you mentioned earlier, that is his act, his arc kind of gets wrapped up early because he, he for the first half, I like I like Whiplash. I think he's interesting. Yeah, so so he he builds together this kind of he Jerry rigs this. Um, it is kind of convenient that right after Tony Stark has his spiel on the news and he goes, "I am Iron Man." Mm-hmm. That his dad dies. 
like yeah. immediately. Yeah, it's kind of a weird. Thing. I that, mean, that whole scene is weird because you you see the footage, you see the dad watching it, and then he's calling for Ivan, uh-huh. and then Ivan's just like standing <laughs> in a doorway. But he's he's facing a doorway, but the door is closed, and he's just like it's almost yeah. like go to the corner. You're on timeout. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. And then, like... That whole scene is weird. And then it has the weird shouting. Yeah. And then and then they jump six months ahead of time. It's like, okay, cool. I do like the opening with him building his Iron Man yes. tech. Which which calls back to uh, Tony building his stuff in the cave. It's yeah. very Yeah, he's, he's similar. Just, just kind of rigging it together. And for, for whatever reason, it has electric whips. And so he... Because whiplash. And so he attacks Iron Man in a scene that is kind of weird. And we'll talk about that, but... Um, basically, he he makes he, he he hurts Iron Man's suit or whatever, and then and then he um, goes to the to jail, and then Iron Man he ta- has a discussion with Iron Man, and, and, I, and then he's, that's where he's like, oh well, if you can make God bleed, people will cease to believe in him, and you're like, okay, and we the, get it, that's a cool. And in the very it, next scene, you have that the the politician calling for them to, uh, yeah, remove his technology, and it's like that's a great little setup. For, for the rest of the movie. That's a, a great little launch pad for the rest of the movie to t- take off and, and explore Iron Man versus the government, kind of, and, and trying to, like, protect his his technology and, and the fact that he doesn't trust his technology to get into the wrong hands or whatever, uh, and, and that he's ultimately right in doing so, because that's kind of what the movie says. But instead, we just get another, like, half an hour of Mickey Rourke just kind of palling around with Justin Hammer and eventually shoehorning himself into the third act. And... We, he's already accomplished his goal. I don't know. And I get, like, you wouldn't cast Mickey Rourke in this role and then, like, cut him off 20 minutes in the movie, but that's why you don't cast Mickey Rourke in this role. You cast somebody else. You bring them on. You have them go through, like, the first 20 minutes or whatever. They're, they're, they just act as someone who kind of, like, uh, sets up the, the themes of the movie. He's kind of a little or first act villain. maybe you do cast Mickey Rourke to trick people because they think, oh, yeah. he's going to be the main villain, and then yeah. you drop him halfway through. Yeah, something like that. Although Iron Man movies have had problems with similar twists before. Um, but that's that's, I, that's a, that's I, a I, bit I, different. That's <laughs> a bit just, different. Yeah. Um, it, I just thought that was funny. It's but Mandarin, it, who, it's not real. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, ole, 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 ole. Like, do something different with that because it's just you end up kind of having this side villain who sort of takes over the entire villain role and ends up taking a lot of screen time away from Tony when he should be dealing with, like, a very dark time in his life where he's kind of... I think the the Monaco scene where Whiplash just attacks him mm-hmm. in the middle of that race, that should have been the turning point in the movie where it gets a lot darker. Yeah. Well, yeah, cause because... Because like... I, I remember seeing the trailers for this movie, and I remember having it it having amazing trailers. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, that bit where... You know, he hits the car and it flips like yeah. ten times in the air and it's in, all in slow motion. I'm like, yeah. "Oh God, yeah. this looks pretty serious." But but then, uh, yeah. um, Happy and Pepper just hit uh, Whiplash into the the railing a and couple then, of times, and, and then like, uh, probably should have died when he tried to like whip their car. And, and then like, Tony just starts screaming at them, and they start screaming back, and he's like, "This is ridiculous, it's embarrassing. First yeah. vacation in ten years." Yeah, and then they just keep joking. Yeah. And it's just, and I get it. It's an Iron Man movie. Yeah, people, you you don't want to completely get rid of the things that people liked about the first yeah. one. But, but this, that particular moment, yeah, should have been pretty strong. And I I think that that should have set the tone for the rest of the movie. Yes, and it 
It does. I mean, the first Iron Man has it, it's extremely funny, but like we were just talking about a couple weeks ago, it's extremely funny, but there's a lot of it's 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 it has a lot of dark kind of undertones going on. Well, the whole cave stuff that's all pretty. Serious. Yeah, like like it, it, with a point. Yes, this one is just sort of uh, this is pretty funny. It's Tony Stark. I don't know. He's he it jokes. Sh- it should have been. Tony is living in like this fantasy bubble world where he's he's just high yeah. off his fame and he's saving everybody yeah. and he's just like I can't do any wrong. Suddenly, bam. Well, and that's also kind of my problem with the whole setup for that that scene is that the idea like he Tony gets into just is like, "Oh, I'm going to go in this car." Cuz he's on a he has a death wish because he knows he's going to die from the plague yeah. or not even a death wish, but just like he's he's like, "I'm going to do whatever I want." Yeah. because I well know, I still got time yeah and and so then Mickey Rourke like finds a way to sneak into the the, the race as like a race hand and that's also very the logistics of that is questionable yeah. and it's just kind of a weird did setup he, did he cool... know Tony was gonna be at uh, in Monaco sure it's a cool little because I know because I know the, the the in Siberia when the guy gives him the the information or whatever I guess it, it's like a Monaco ticket or whatever yeah and supposedly that guy is a Ten Rings member through deleted scenes yeah. but who cares yeah whatever um yeah it's a weird little set piece that doesn't really go anywhere I don't except know, it, we get the suitcase armor which is which fun I guess it's cool but it also never well it's it's cool in a way that you kind of see the, the increasing progression of Tony preparing for trying to prepare for everything yeah. which is nice um I kind of wish they'd save that and it, to, and it makes the end it, of the movie. And it also sets it up so that he's not quite as, like... Uh, or so that it's possible for, for Whiplash to not completely... Destroy get, him? No, I was going to say the other way around. For him not to get completely wiped out oh, by, yeah. by Iron Man's, you know, super nice, awesome suit. Yeah. Um, well, because based on what we see of the suitcase suit, it can't fly. Yeah. It's just kind of like a basic... Yeah. Emergency thing. So, um... But overall, yeah, it's just kind of a weird setup. It feels like Tony should have, like... I'm almost thinking if you set this up in a slightly different fashion, where Tony goes in the race and then does wreck. And, like, like he, it's, it's, not anybody's, it's not anybody else's fault. It's just he gets in the wreck because he's, like, trying to drive... Or he's just going, going fast and, and loose with his life right now. And, and, you know, he just gets too caught up in, in his ego and, and in his, his fears of dying or whatever. He ends up getting wrecked. He goes to the hospital... Um, you could even you could even go ahead and have it come out that he's like po- like to the public that he's poisoned or whatever. Yeah, and that that and then that becomes like a whole thing, and so then like he's completely unstable and like he's you get him in, in a really dark emotional place, and then maybe Whiplash tries to kill him in a hospital or something like that, and then you know you're in a darker place and like he's I don't know. You, there's a lot more. There's a lot that you can do with that in a way that doesn't have it be kind of a weird thing where it's a, like a weird comical thing and they're in a race that doesn't really matter and I don't know. Um, I just find that a strange thing. That's kind of more of a subjective thing, but I feel like there's a better way to do that. Because um, it's... I guess the reason I feel like that is because it's almost like they've got... It feels like a very jarring way of inserting the like government whiplash storyline trying to take down Tony or I guess I guess the problem is that whiplash's storyline doesn't feel very gelled in with the government stuff the military the industrial military industrial complex stuff or whatever 
And it feels like that's kind of trying to jar the Whiplash storyline into the movie. It almost when you're not even focusing on the military industrial stuff, you're focusing on the Tony Stark yeah. driving himself crazy stuff. It's it's almost like I, I kind of wish they'd made it almost a conspiracy theory where Hammer wants to take over from Tony as supplying yeah. the military, which he, I guess he is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because then they make the whole joke about oh your your contract is put on hold. What's the difference between put being put on hold and canceled? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Um, but there's a whole thing about he's wanting to kill Tony, so he finds Hammer does some digging, uh-huh. and he finds out Whiplash's backstory. He goes to him, says, "Hey, I want to help you," and then they create the Whiplash armor together, mm-hmm. and then he sends him out. Mm-hmm. And then he gets thrown in jail, and then that's and then that's the last, last we see, see of him. him. And if you want to bring him back later, you can, but you yeah. don't have to. Yeah. Um. But no, he's got to build more drones for dumb third act, yeah. and then he blowed up. Um. Also, there's an alternate ending to the third act, where I don't know the logistics of this, but somehow Ivan grabs Pepper and is like out of armor, and he's he's holding her hostage. Uh-huh. And there's like a scene where Tony shows up, and somehow Tony's able to get Pepper, and then he just blows up again. Okay. I don't know. Cool. Um, that's also weird. Is that in the, in the, in this ending, Pepper just ends up kind of like standing on some steps for like twenty minutes, and then she just sees the blinking thing on one of the crashed drones, and she's like, "I wonder what that yeah. could be." And then Iron Man has to save her. Um, <laughs> it does lead to the, the their little conversation with War Machine on the roof is nice. Yeah, very nice. But um, I can't do this. The stress. I I'm done. I'm yeah. out. You, what do you think about me? <laughs> yeah. uh, the movie, the movie does have a lot of moments that save it from just being completely like off the rails bad. The movie is super entertaining. Yes, I would, I would say so for the most part. Um, I mean, I mean, all of all of Whiplash and and Justin Hammer's discussions are pretty entertaining, even if they're like completely stalling the movie. And I just... hate the bird. <laughs> I hate that so much. That's that's something I, I probably found that funny the first time I watched it, but just like I'm more... just imagining if there's a if there's a cut of this where like he gets his bird and then somehow there's something where like it, the bird actually has like a chip attached to it or something that like allows it to you you do something with that otherwise it's just kind of a weird quirk thing that feels like oh oh Mickey, Mickey Ward really wanted to have she's trying too hard. Yeah, have all these nuances going on with the characters. Like, like that. I, I have half a mind. I, I have a feeling that wasn't even the script. Mm. They shoot that scene where where Hammer frees Ivan from mm. prison. And they meet in the the helipad or whatever yeah. the the big room with the with the fancy jet, yeah. and they got the ice cream. Yeah. For some reason, and then he just keeps going. I want my bird, and then Sam Rockwell's like, he's looking at John Favreau like, do, do you want me to stay in character? What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Is this a is this a bird from Russia? And then it's yeah. like, good cut, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's trying too hard. Yeah, man. Yeah, this movie really does. It's it's not in a way that you. I don't know. I, I hesitate to say there's too much going on in this movie because I think there is a way to align most of it in a pretty slick way. Um, it's it's not. But there that is a lot going there's, on. There's not that there's too much going on. It's that not enough of it is connected into a cohesive yes. whole. Yeah. Not all of it is coming back to the same thematic yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. Because Tony ends up going off for Go- like a good well, half an hour designing this thing to fix his heart. Yeah. This new core that's going to help his heart out. 
Um, and that's just like a whole chunk of the movie, and like that's where all the shield stuff comes in. Yeah, and all that stuff just kind of kind of flows in there for a while. Well, like, and well, and we completely separate from everything going on outside, from the fact that the war machine armor is now with the government. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, and Tony even says like after the the wonderful opening, which plays "Shoot the Thrill," sure, one of my favorite songs, while he flies in and there's all the little Iron Man cheerleaders yeah. and whatnot. He even spells out the theme for everyone. He's like, it's not about us. It's about legacy. It's about what we leave behind. Yeah. So you're thinking, okay, he's dying. Interesting. Okay, I, mm-hmm. I, I, know, I can see where we're going to take this. Most of the movie's not about that. Yeah. I mean, he, Tony's pretty so- much the only part of the plot that feeds into that is just Howard Stark having found this element. Yeah. This unknown element, and yeah. then Tony rediscovers yeah. it. That's the... That's the only thing that really feeds into that theme. Tony Stark doesn't get enough to do in this movie, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, because what he does get to do is pretty much just plot elements. Like, he doesn't... I don't know. There's not There's not a lot of character stuff for him, despite the fact that this should be an extremely character-driven movie for him. Yeah. As he's sort of dealing with all these different stressors on his life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just strange. Well, it's just the fine line, because... Obviously, they're hinting at demon in a bottle, but they don't actually want to go there. Yeah. So that's... then the only the closest they come is that he gets drunk at a party and, and makes a fool of himself, which is kind of a sad that, imitation. That also could have been another place where it takes a really dark turn. Yeah. Because he has to fight his best buddy. Well, and that's that's the thing too is that the result but no that that whole scene is yeah. treated like the, a joke. The consequence of that is that the war machine armor gets into the government's hands, and instead of like them playing that in a kind of organic way where it's like oh. So now Justin Hammer, he's going to win, or he's, like, won back the contract somehow, because, like, yeah. maybe Tony Stark's gone, I don't know, so, somehow or another, he's 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 won back the contract, and he uses the war machine to build his own secret army, that, and then, like, somehow or another, that drives into him being, setting up the big, the big action scene where he goes evil or whatever at the end, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, it's just sort of... The, the, there's a moment where he comes up and he it's a great scene where he he's assembles all these weapons for the war machine armor to put on which is weird because then Brody goes oh I'll take all of it yeah but he only takes like two things the war machine armor is clearly not using all of those yeah, weapons whatever. um no they had they had some discussion afterwards they're like okay we can't le- legit literally put all of this on the armor um <laughs> But no, that it's would almost be, like they rushed the script. That would be a very obvious moment to kind of integrate the. I plots, didn't say that. To kind of integrate the consequences of Tony, you know, going off the rails, and um, Justin Hammer and him being the villain. That would be a great moment to kind of pull it, and that could be how he designs the armor, as opposed to having to keep uh, Mickey Rourke around for like half the movie and just kind of letting him do nothing and and except for making bird jokes, and then eventually he kind of pulls back into it. Because right now, basically, the only reason he's in the script is so that Justin Hammer has a way of developing Iron Man armor drone stuff. And it feels like you could do that in a much more coherent fashion that gives you a lot more time to explore Tony's side of things. I agree. (laughs) This movie really is not edited greatly. (laughs) No, and I think that's very clear by just the stuff that's cut out. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's a whole alternate version of that party where, if you'll notice, there's there's a weird bit during the fight where mm-hmm. Pepper runs up to, to Black Widow and she's like, 
hold on, you. I, I know what's going on. I'm on to you. Yeah. And then it completely cuts off, and it's like, wait, 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 what's that? And then the very next scene, they're like all buddy-buddy. Yeah. She, Natasha's just her assistant and mm-hmm. whatnot. It's like, wait, wait, what happened? Mm-hmm. And there there's a bit... Because, like, Natalia... Natasha, whatever her name know. is? Natasha. No, no, it's because... Uh, I'm trying to remember her cover name. It's Natalie Rushmore. I think Rushman. Who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways... She's wearing a different dress for some reason. That's kind of weird. Yeah. But there's a bit where she's like wearing one of the the Iron Man mm-hmm. glove gauntlet things, huh. and she like shoots a rocket in the middle of this party or something. Mm-hmm. That's a scene that gets cut. Interesting. I think Olivia Munn has footage in there somewhere, but that got cut, so they just pushed her to the front of the movie as one of the reporters. Mm-hmm. And then Kate Mara shows up out of nowhere to serve Tony the subpoena, and I'm like, Wait, we're getting our fox superhero references all out of here <laughs> yeah um and then the little kid with the iron man helmet's peter parker apparently it's adorable sure. yeah it's <sighs> good work kid it's a good moment um you, you we... know the kid should have to take it off the helmet it's actually little tom holland but, but it's, it's, little no. Toby <laughs> it's it's the, but it's the special edition of this so so it's like a horribly cgi <laughs> tom holland and he goes Go! 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 Awesome! Wicked! Cool! Um, no, no, then you get two other kids. One's Tobey Maguire, one's Andrew Garfield, and then they go, Awesome! Wicked! Cool! <laughs> but yeah, uh... Do we want to talk about a little bit about just the general tone deafness of this movie? Well, it's we most, mentioned that well, earlier, it's mostly but... just, it wants to stay a fun, relatively lighthearted movie, even though the material and the place the character has to go is inherently dark. Yeah. Because, and specifically, I'm thinking of that party, we, we definitely noticed this, because in the party, like, they, the the way the music swells and everything, it feels like this is, like, a really dark moment. Yeah, well, when, and then, when But then we cut start, and we starts, start playing... He starts going off the deep end, and, like, the hot women in front are, like, throwing up things for him to shoot. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like, and Rhodey's going to grab the armor. It's like, well, is, is Tony going to kill someone? Why? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, something's going to go horribly wrong. And then Tony asks the DJ to start playing a song, and the DJ plays Another One Bites the Dust. It, it's it's a remix with that and it's some other song. Yeah. And then, so then the, the rest of the fight takes place to that. So the fight is now like, oh no, this is actually just fun. Yeah. And then War Machine runs off of it after, like, they've blown up his house. And they're all lying around. With the stupid setup of them shooting repulsors at each other and it catches in the middle and causes a huge explosion. Um, What did you think of the War Machine title drop? I didn't even catch it. What What was it? They're about to shoot each other and uh, Tony goes, You you want to be the War Machine? Take it. Yeah. Yeah. Better than it could be an abomination. <laughs> it's better than that. Yes, yes it is. Um, Especially because they, they don't linger on it. It's just like one yeah. line of dialogue and they move on. I mean, on. like I said, I, I, didn't, I knew that was the line that they said it in, I, but I didn't catch yeah. it the first time around. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like... Because then the very next scene, he's sitting in a donut in the Iron Man suit, like, hungover, eating... And there's just some and, like, and show sign. music playing. Yeah, and it well, it cuts from that at, right after Rhodey takes the suit yeah. to the government, and he's like, "I've got this." And they all like they're it's it's like a the music again. It kind of like swells and it's like really serious, and it's like 
oh man, what does this mean? Like, it's kind of ominous, and it's like, yeah. oh, they've got the they've got the the machine now or the the suit now. What is that gonna gonna mean for the consequence and the plot or whatever? And then it cuts to again to like, yeah, some like nice nice, uh, uh you know, jamming music, and, and and he's sitting in a, a a giant donut sign, and Nick Fury's yelling at him from the street. It's very weird. Do we want to keep talking about the Tony stuff, or do we want to get into the shield? I kind of want to get into the shield stuff because. Nick Fury showing up is a problem in that moment, I think. Well, it's not a problem for us. It's a problem for casual viewers. But that's what I'm saying. It's a problem in general because... That don't watch even, after credits. I credit mean, we watch, well, we watch the last one and it's like, okay, so, or the... We watched the last two movies and it's like, okay, so we see Nick Fury for a second and he's like, oh, hey, I'm assuming the Avengers. And we know he's the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. And then he shows up again, shows up right here in broad daylight and he's like, hey, Tony, come down and talk about things. And Would it's you like, please step out of the donut? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's a fun, fun line there. It's a fun conversation. But, Would have been better if Coulson did it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's more what I'm thinking is that we set up Coulson. We spend some time with Coulson in the first movie. The audience kind of knows who he is, even if they're not super familiar with him. They remember him probably. Um, his face probably looks familiar at least. And yeah, him being the guy who goes to get to grab Tony makes a lot more sense. And then, and then you keep Nick Fury kind of in the shadows. And then maybe you, you have Nick Fury show up later, and then um, Pep, maybe maybe you have him show up later at again at, like towards the end of the movie when he does, and then Pepper's like, "Who's this?" or something like that, and then he's, I don't know. You have him show up, and you have some other character. Maybe it's maybe it's Rhodey. You have some other other side character be like, "Well, who's this guy?" And then Tony's like, "Oh, well, this is the director of Shield. I met him before, or whatever." And then you can kind of bring him in in an organic way, not just have it be that he was introduced in an end credit sequence and now we're just kind of accepting that he's part of this universe and the audience has no idea what's going on it makes a lot more sense if you use Coulson and I think the line, the, the overall conversation and the overall approach to that entire scene makes a lot more sense if you use Coulson yeah and then Coulson shows up and gets nothing to do well, anyway then, well then Black Widow just walks into frame in the donut shop and she's wearing the uniform yeah it's like why why would Nick Fury tell Tony that she's undercover? Yeah. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Because <laughs> we need at some point to reveal that she's Black Widow. Um, we do want to talk about her though. Most gorgeous woman on the planet <laughs> in this movie. Okay. <laughs> um, no, because I I do I mean obviously she 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 does a good job of just playing like oh she's like the undercover role there's a great little moment with Happy where she like lets on that she's a little more than than she believes because she like gets him on the like tackles him to well, the that, ground. That's, and that's just one of the things because it's interesting knowing where a lot of these characters go mm. going back and watching the earlier stuff and you see the things where it's like oh that pays off nicely yeah. or knowing the full backstory I really appreciate that yeah where where happy's kind of like oh what, what what kind of fighting did you do and he's he's like trying to make fun of her a bit mm -hmm. or whatever a booty boot camp or whatever and she's like yeah i've had training mm -hmm. and it's like oh and especially because we know all the russian stuff and that we know it's very story. dark and... it's very dark yeah. and messed up like i i i, I yeah. appreciated that no i agree um senator stearns that was his name yeah not to be confused with samuel stern the guy who got like two scenes but should have gotten more <laughs> Um, technically, no, but, technically but, he had like half an hour of footage, but overall, then it all got cut. Yeah. 
Overall, <laughs> the, the reason that I, I really appreciate Black Widow in this movie, first of all, that, that scene where she fights all the, the guards and everything, it's really creative. It's a really cool scene. It's probably the best action scene in the movie. Yes. Um, and notice it's not with an Iron Man yes. armor. It's, I think that's a problem. It's a really cool scene. She's acting like a spy. She's, I mean, meanwhile, John Favreau is having a fist fight with the Rock's yeah. cousin. Sure. Who is also in the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie? Why I know that, I have no idea. <laughs> which is but a, I do. which is a great setup because then he beats up the one guy and he's like, "I did it!" And then he turns around and she's already taken out the entire hallway of guys. John Favreau's in Daredevil as well. Why did I not? <laughs> Why? Marvel Connected Universe confirmed? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... <sighs> Somebody do that special edition with Tiny Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Then we'll yeah. be getting somewhere. There we go. Um, and little Ben Affleck too while we're at it. Why not? Overall, my point about Black Widow is that... And Eric Bana. <laughs> up to this point in the MCU, we've set up Iron Man and we set up the Hulk. Um, we've got a couple random side characters. Like... The Abomination, whatever, he's there. Um, we've kind of mentioned Nick Fury. We've got an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in general, just an agent, Phil Coulson, that we didn't really know before. He's not from the comics. Um, we've kind of got just little bits and pieces and kind of the Iron Man supporting cast, and that's about it. And, like, I'm just... I When I watched this, I wasn't quite into Marvel enough to, to I think, fully appreciate this, but... Yeah. I feel like at some point when Tony is talking to Nick Fury, he should be going, are y'all going to get my suit back? Because what yes. does he think? They're a government-affiliated organization. I don't know. I, I know he start, Nick Fury starts making fun of him. He's like, so your friend just walked in and took your suit? People can just take your suit? Like I know there's a little bit of trolling there, but I feel like there should be a bit more of a conversation about that. I don't know. It's kind of weird. So anyway, back to Black Widow and why I appreciate her. Sorry. I could tell that was that was very much bothering you. At least she's in the scene. Sure. I'm not just talking about something <laughs> completely out of nowhere. Um, but no, I'm completely. just I'm just picturing sure. I'm picturing <laughs> just like the way that sort of world building really pays off down the line and the fact that like in this random movie we just get a, a, a like a very important side character or very not side character but a very important character to the marvel universe at large just kind of introduced here and just and we know for a fact especially looking back on it now we know that this character is kind of going to be one of the the main players in this cinematic universe and that's really cool to me that it's just like again it reinforces the fact that they do care about these comics and it's it's so much early on we're getting that reinforcement we're getting those characters just popping up and being like oh yeah the, this is the marvel universe we're we're gonna we're gonna get there we're gonna get everybody in this universe so well also i don't yeah i'm gonna be doing snyder bashing that's that's the okay. thing no no because i think a natural comparison would be between her being introduced here and wonder woman sure. being introduced in batman sure. or superman at least N Natasha, she's introduced as a character in the movie, like she's yeah. sprinkled throughout, and she, yes, she has something to do. Yeah, she's, she's around. As opposed she's... to Wonder Woman, who's in a couple scenes as Mystery Woman, and then she just shows up as Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, and it's more than that because it's not the my thing about this is that it they're not introducing what's well, like a, a a I guess a lot of the the big um, Marvel women are from the. Uh, 
X-Men side of things, so it's kind of yes. hard to, to, to make a comparison there. But I don't know. It's not... They really are. That's a hard comparison. I don't know. Maybe it's it's not it's not like Mary Jane. For the, the, I can't make a good comparison here. Spider but, Gwen, or even that it's not Captain America that's being set up here. It's it's Black Widow. Yeah. It's just a little like she's she's I mean she's important, but she's not like the heavy hitter that we need. But they've set Th- her up. Thor just suddenly shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, like they've set her up with like, an, yeah, Thor would be a great comparison because Wonder Woman is a very important character in the DC universe. Like you need her. She is one of the big three. This is like, oh, it's just a little side, like character that, that's going to be pretty important later on. They they've clearly cast her with the intention of this actress coming back because she's like a prominent actress. Yeah. And and they've clearly cast her with the intention of this character returning because like she does stuff in this movie and she kind of sets up and gets introduced as Black Widow. And like, just that kind of world building is something that I think changes the way the that Marvel approached this Marvel Studios approached this universe, and is the reason why this one's still going and is still very successful when a lot of other ones are not. Um, just because they're not in any really rush, they're just like, oh, we're gonna kind of you know grab some 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 people here and there and just sort of move ourselves along. I kind of want to do a special bonus episode where we do a commentary track for the Tom Cruise Mummy film. <laughs> are there are there random setups like like that throughout? The whole middle of the movie is just like we're setting up the dark That's universe. Amazing! They literally stop the movie so they can be like, "Hey, here's a vampire skull. Here's the hand of the creature from the Black Lagoon. You want to watch more of these, right?" Which is not to say that this movie is not guilty of doing some of that stuff as well. But around it, there is like like because obviously you know the ending of the movie. It's like oh, we're talking about the Avengers Initiative. But and I, they still haven't explained what that is yeah, to the casual, audience. to the casual movie goer. Um, like and, uh, Tony says, "I don't want to join your super secret boy band." Yeah, which is a great line, yeah. but it still doesn't really yeah. explain what it is. Yeah, uh, and I guess there is a moment where he starts to look. We're, the, the idea is that we're not supposed to know exactly what that is because he looks at it. Yeah, at the folder, and then Nick Drew's like, "Oh, I don't want you looking at that." Yeah, I'm not sure if you know your proof. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know, but. Still, that it is overall, and the fact that you know there's still two more movies before they actually get around to making the Avengers, like they 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 still put in the legwork to work on those other characters, but it just it, it gives, and it's the same thing with the Incredible Hulk. If the Incredible Hulk had been a little better, and those characters were more important these days, yeah. Um, but it's the same idea where it's like that movie just kind of sets up random side characters without like they're not really supposed to be like in-game characters. It's just like oh, we've set up. Look, there's Doc Samson. Yeah. Look, there's the leader. Here's the people that would have shown up in solo Hulk films <laughs> had there been more, more solo, solo Hulk, Hulk films. films. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I still kind of really want that. I know we talked about this last week, but I still really want them to use the Abomination at some point. Yeah. I think Tim Roth. All of that. I I, I would like them to, to pull back. Samuel Stern. That's fine. You can. I don't think I don't know about Phil Dunphy either. Just, just <laughs> you can you can wave them off, but I would like I would like the Abomination. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's that kind of thing that makes me really appreciate this universe. Um, yeah, I mean, just like, I don't know. It's, it's almost, it, it does remind me in a lot of ways of like the fact that the villain in Batman Begins is like the Scarecrow. They're not necessarily like, we're not like, oh, we're going right back to the Joker. Or we're not going right back to Two-Face. Or, or, and I realize that part of that is kind of by necessity because they've already done those and they want to kind of distance themselves. Yeah, but um, 
I'm trying. What I'm trying to look for here is a, a comparison to a DC movie that is not bashing, but is actually like praising and is like, look, this is another example of DC doing a good thing. It's um, like using Zod Man of Steel. Oh wait, that's I don't like you. That's the logical. <laughs> that's okay. That's what I'm saying. Is that in Batman? It's like Begins, using Lex in Batman vs. Oh wait. Well, it's it's in Batman Begins. It's setting up Harvey Dent and then using him down the road. It's like using Steppenwolf in Justice League. God! <laughs> Right? <laughs> Batman Begins. See, because you would have expected them to do Darkseid, but they didn't do it. They subvert... Justice League 8-plus film subverted my expectations. Is Harvey Dent in Batman Begins? Am I going crazy? No, he's not. Oh. Dang it, DC! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Scarecrow. I got my... Sca Scarecrow is in it, and he comes back later, not in a huge role, but... Same idea. You're not in a rush to get to like the big thing you're just like hey here's some stuff here's some characters I watched The Mummy <laughs> how embarrassing I, I, I will say I Black Widow is much more of a flat line for me as an element in this movie sure just because she like Tony gets not Next, enough to, not enough to do, but that's kind of it's it's the combination of a she just gets cool fight scene, but b it's it's what that means and the fact that she's set up, yeah. she clearly the character is respected. Yeah, it's it's you know that everything that she says is in line with sort of the the comics character. I I do think they sexualize her a bit too much. It's in line with the comics character, <laughs> um, unfortunately. Have you ever read a, a comic book? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it's those women are not realistically proportioned. No, <laughs> and we're but, but just like a spin. Like I don't know what to make of the bit where where John Favreau's driving her to Hammer Industries <laughs> and she's like undressing and he's oh, yeah. watching her and yeah, I don't know, <laughs> a little too much. Maybe maybe I'm maybe that's a little too PC to even be thinking about that. But no, I I agree. Um, and they don't really do much of that. Like, I mean, I you know they kind of do a hard turn by. By the time we get around to Age of Ultron, it's very much like the opposite. And then people hate that too. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody hated it in this movie, which is eh, whatever. Well, also on the other, it's not like they're treating uh, Pepper the same way. Yeah. She's very. She's just a character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't feel the need to oversexualize her. Yeah. I, I appreciate at the very end. She's just trying to help everyone. Like she's mm -hmm. just trying to help all the officers, mm -hmm. and she's trying to just. Calm the situation, yeah. but then she has to look at a dumb drone that's about to blow up. <laughs> you almost had it. Close enough. Not really, but that's fine. Yeah. What do we think of Don Cheadle? That's great. It's very good. He's immediately better than Terrence Howard. Yeah. Oh, the the line where they introduce him is incredible. Where where he walks up, and and. Tony's like, I didn't think you were gonna be here, and then he's like, It's me, get over it. It's me. I'm here. We're here. we're we're done. They now. they really and it's sort of funny because it's kind of the opposite of the way they handle Nick Fury, where Nick Fury just kind of slides into the movie, and you're like, Are you? Are we supposed to? It's know? like I'm Sam Jackson. You're cool with this now. It's like, Are we supposed to know who you are or what's happening here and what? Why do you know Tony? And in this one, it's or it. In regards to Don Cheadle, it's like he shows up and it's like hard cut. Like we know this is a different actor. Deal with it. He's probably gonna be. You're probably gonna end up liking him more anyway. So, um, yeah. Once again, I, I not that I dislike Terrence Howard yep. in the first one. It's just 
I buy Don Cheadle much more as a military man. He just yep. seems like he, he just fits that better. Yep. I don't know. I agree. It's still funny how Terrence Howard goes next time, baby. <laughs> then Don Cheadle does Sorry. it. Sorry. Which is even another thing is that we get we've we've already in two movies we've set up for Iron Man we set up um Pepper Potts, Happy Hogan, War Machine, Shield. Shield in general, Black Widow is is usually kind of related to, to Iron Man at least in the earlier uh, comics. Like we've we've got now Justin Hammer is a character from the comics, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we did Obadiah Stane already. Yeah. Um, we went through his whole origin. We, 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 we should talk a bit more about Justin Hammer. Yeah, we can. Um, but I'm just saying, overall, like we've already gotten so far with that whole universe, like just Iron Man's kind of bubble of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And if, again, if we had more Hulk stories, then we would already have you know Doc Samson and Abomination and Leader set up, um, and of course. Betsy Ross and, and General Ross, whatever. Um, have they been? Oh, General Talbot's in Agents of Shield. That's right. He's also in the Ang Lee Hulk. Okay. Well, I was saying specifically in the MCU. Yeah. He's in, he is in Agents of Shield. Um, yes. He's played by one of the guys who's in Heroes. Yeah, Flying Man. Is it Flying Man? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think his name's Nathan in Heroes. Yeah. Nathan Petrelli. Petrelli. Uh, yeah. So. Nobody talks about heroes anymore. <laughs> that show exists, existed, had so much potential. I think Heroes Return kind of hurt the uh, legacy of that show a little bit. I never really watched more than like an episode or two, but people did not like it. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's it's just they they're showing an, an eye for world building without necessarily trying to get us somewhere. It's just like yeah, we want to put these characters in there because people like these characters and they enjoy when their characters appear on screen. So we're gonna put them in the movie and then you're gonna be like, okay, it's that character and we're not gonna do a whole lot with them, but they're gonna be there and then we can use them later. The only real forceful bit is at the end. Yep. With with him talking to because the Fury. stuff the stuff with Shield in the middle of the movie with Nick Fury showing up that's not I mean again this is why it would be a lot better if it was Coulson because that's not really related to the Avengers initiative it's just yeah. kind of like a hey Tony what you doing what you doing there buddy well it's also it's kind of vague on what their motivation is yeah. for why they're there because it's like oh they know he's being poisoned so they're trying to help him out there but also Natasha also writes a report on him mm-hmm. as to whether or not he's fit for the, the Avengers yeah it's a little vague. Yeah. I feel like they could have cleared that up a bit. Yeah. But yeah, the, the end bit were... But that immediately segues into one of my favorite endings to any of these movies mm-hmm. with Stearns giving them the medals and it's playing mm-hmm. Highway to Hell. Yep. It's amazing how painful a little prick can be. Yeah. Let's take a photo. Man, it would make a lot more sense for, for Nick Fury to show up right at the end. And then have some have one of the the side characters like War Machine. Like, what if what if they were talking about War Machine, um, being part of the Avengers Initiative and like that that showed. I mean, obviously, that would be problematic in the actual Avengers when he's not part of it. Yeah. But, um, they were doing something like that where where he shows up and then like that's where that spins into like. <sighs> it does make me wonder why they didn't ask him. Yeah. Don't they address that at some point? 
Not that I know of. Okay. We'll have to pay attention for that. What a plot hole. This whole universe doesn't work. Well, and, and in the Avengers, isn't it? I mean, it's not necessarily like, oh, we get... It's like force projection. <laughs> like it. Breaks the universe. It's not... <laughs> Um, in the Avengers, it's not necessarily like, oh, these can't are- make another Star Wars movie again. <laughs> you mean Marvel movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, in the Avengers, it's not necessarily like, oh, yeah, well, Iron Man episode these, eight. The all last these Jedi. characters uh, show up like right away, and they're like, oh yeah, we're, you know, these are all the char- the guys we we recruited. It's like, oh, you know, these guys kind of just get picked up along the way as we kind of rush headlong into this alien invasion. Um, We'll have to pitch into that because I, I feel like I've heard people talk about that before. I'm not sure. Um, is he in Avengers at all? Who? Don Cheadle. No. No. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Yeah, we'll, we'll look into it. I don't know. Um, what a plot hole. Yep. I agree. It's well, Justin and, Hammer. And I guess that kind of plays into like the, the, the fact that he's like, oh, well, Iron Man's fit for duty, but Tony Stark isn't. Yeah. Like, maybe that's kind of the implication there is that. Mm, Maybe we get a better... Should have brought that up. Yeah. Would have been nice. F minus. <laughs> um, yeah. Overall, though. You were going to talk about Justin Hammer first, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Overall, though, how do you feel about Justin Hammer? <laughs> there you, that's a segue. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. The closest thing I can think of is the Kick-Ass movies, mm-hmm. where... I'm a big fan of both of them. You're okay with the first one. You're not a fan of, not at all of the second one. super okay one. with the second one, yeah. yeah. And one of your most valid complaints, at least in my eyes, is that the bad guy, and I'm not going to say his, his alias because <laughs> we don't want to don't want to break our, our PG rule sure. here. Um, uh, Chris, whatever the bad guy's name is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm trying to remember his, his alias in the first movie. Red, Red Mist, Mist yeah. yes. But the whole idea is, like, his father gets killed, and then he becomes the supervillain. Uh-huh. But then he's still treated as a joke for the whole entirety of the movie. Mm. And your argument is, well, he sh- they should start taking him seriously. Like, he should become a villain. Yeah. Like, at the end of the movie, we should hate that guy, and it would be really interesting to see him go from being a complete joke to the baddest yeah. of the bad. Yeah. And that and there's some like specific stuff there because of like the way they play it and like there's yeah. certain moments that they need to kind of commit to being like oh yeah this guy's actually like a psychopath yeah there, there's a couple of moments where just by virtue of the subject matter it needs to be super dark but yeah. then they just laugh they, it off they make a joke out of it yeah um, we don't need to get into that sure but I it's it's not to the same degree mostly because I think Sam Rockwell is just amazing no matter what yeah but I think and he works very well as a comedic relief and because yes. because Whiplash kind of takes the heat for bad villain yeah. in this movie he it's not as noticeable but I do think there's a missed opportunity here for sure and I'm not saying Justin Hammer needed to get into an Iron Man suit and start fighting Tony at the end Yeah, I'm just saying you should have found a way to make him the primary antagonist of some sort mm. and that doesn't necessarily mean he has to be the one fighting I mean he could do the drones he did drugs, yeah. And he doesn't necessarily have to be in a, a whiplash Ivan Vinko idea. It could just be yeah. that's what he decides to do. Yeah. I, I think there's a whole bunch of ways you could have played that. And you could have kept him going as, like, the Iron Man antagonist. Uh-huh. Because 
the whole time he's he's a wannabe Tony. Like he's trying to be as good as Tony, and he just can't. Yeah. Like the whole thing where he's he's getting interviewed by Christine Everhart, from the, the reporter from the first one, and then they run into Pepper and Tony, and <laughs> Pepper goes, "Oh, they did a spread on Tony last year," and then he goes, "She wrote a story about me as well." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then he's, like, trying to convince her to stay when she's, like, going to try and report on Tony. Yeah. Um, and they keep hinting at that where it's like, oh, that's... they re- Like, they really should have played that up as, like, he's the... And I guess you could argue that's kind of what they do with Aldrich Killian in the third movie. Yeah. Where he's kind of belittled by Tony. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up making up for it. Yeah. And this one, that really doesn't go anywhere. It's just, like... And also, Aldrich Killian has, like, no personality as opposed to Sam Rockwell well, in this and one, Justin in Hammer. this one, again, he's not the reason that everything goes to crap in the end of the, yeah. the movie. It's just, like, oh, he's kind of just put down by Tony the whole time. It's kind of a joke. And then Whiplash takes over all his robots, and that's yeah. the end of that. Like, it's not... And then he gets arrested because, I guess, he was harboring Whiplash. Like, there's never a moment where he does anything to Tony to try and get back at him for... for clearly making him feel inferior yeah so I don't know he's just treated too much like a joke yeah just wish it was a bit more serious um do we want to talk about the score or lack thereof because I don't remember this score I feel like the mixing's kind of weird I, I mentioned this while we were watching it. it it doesn't really amp up the score when it needs to and I feel like it plays when it shouldn't <laughs> like there's some there's some action cues that I liked, like the the bit where Black Widow's taking all the guards yeah. on. That there's some action in there, yeah. or the music that I like. Mm. It's mostly just oh, they're playing ACDC or they're playing the Clash. Yeah, these are things that I like. <laughs> you get it? Yep. But yeah, overall, it's a very mixed bag. Mm-hmm. So Tyler, what did you think of Iron Man episode? Two plus six, the last whiplash. I think all the synapses in my brain just <laughs> killed themselves. I was, I was like, I'm not going to, to dignify that with a response until you you give some sort of amendment to what you just said. Um. Yeah, all the synapses in my brain just committed suicide. <laughs> I like how it's got okay I think I'm gonna go with C- minus again okay let's say it's about the same level as Incredible Hulk kind of for different reasons but also for very similar reasons um alright I'm, I'm gonna go for it I'm gonna retract my grade from the previous episode I'm gonna make it a C because I give Iron Man 2 a C I think they're on the same level I agree with you I hope you know what you're doing I I I we're, we're breaking down barriers is what we're doing. dancing in a hurricane. Nobody references Spectre anymore. <laughs> Get with the times, old man. <laughs> yep. It's, it's interesting that we're off to a pretty rough start. Yep. With, with how we feel about these. Because um, I'm just thinking ahead, and I feel like by like the, the Phase 3 kind of era I guess phase 3 has been kind of like the extended everything that's happened since like Ant-Man or something yeah um but I feel like all of them are pretty strong yeah for the most part yeah like I, I can't imagine giving any of them lower than like a the B range like going going into the C range at all 
I'm trying to think really quick, but there might be one or two that I would consider for a C plus, but I need to watch them again. Yeah, it's the same, and so it's like I don't know. Honestly, spoilers. Other than Thor: The Dark World, I don't know if I would grade anything around what what I've what we've just yeah, been and that's these. and that's kind of what I'm saying is it is kind of amazing that this started off a little bit rough and then they sort of whirled out and it. It does. Well, it, it's all the first Iron Man movie. That was the one they needed to get right. Yeah. They got that right, and then they they had a couple of chances to be like, okay, we're still working on it. We're no. still getting it together. Yeah. And um, then by then they. they it helps of, that Incredible Hulk came out like right after Iron Man, so we just come in like, eh, yeah. let's put that under Iron Man. Look at Iron Man. Yeah. Look at how nice Iron Man is. It's underneath. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um. Yeah. And then Iron Man two came out. And I was like, oh, what's happening? I know yeah. for for a lot of people, I'm sure there was. And I do think it is interesting because I think this would be around the time. Obviously, like the, the timelines don't match up. Everyone, I'm saying, like if you're comparing, where you see a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, well critics just uh, give the Marvel movies good reviews because they're they're fun because they're they're funny or whatever." Like they're they're not, you know, they're they're formulaic and they're cookie cutter, but they're funny. I feel like this would be the one where that kind of criticism of the criticism would be more valid. It's cookie cutter, but it's funny. Yeah, is it, like, I think that's where this would make it would make more sense to be complaining about this. Not three phases later when they've got James Gunn making a very James Gunn space movie about a talking raccoon in a, a, a big tree, and like starring Kurt Russell as the villain, and then like whoever thought they'd get feels about Yondu. Yeah, and like then you've got spoilers. <laughs> you've got. Um, if you haven't Taika seen Guardians w- of the Galaxy two, you don't know, know who Yondu is. You, you've got you've got Taika Waititi, you know, directing like a full on Thor movie, like full stop, like comedy. Like it's like I, at this point, I and and then of course um, Scott Derrickson doing his this, Doctor Strange being fairly formulaic, but being very cool and visually and and, and being very imaginative, I guess in that way, inventive. Um, it's just weird to me that that this is like now people are like are still like trying to bang that drum of like oh that's why people don't like this this fringe or like in the MCU over the DCU I think that's totally that would be totally valid to be like oh well why did they give this a 70 or whatever on Rotten Tomato like why did this get generally mixed to slightly favorable reviews where Batman Superman got trashed I think it's I think that is in large part because this one is more entertaining it's more it's more funny it's they just kind of like they they erred on the side well, of playing it safe well no no they get the one thing right dc movies cannot get right when all else fails when your editing's whatever yep. when your story's cookie cutter when your action scenes are kind of blah when your mm-hmm. score is even more blah <laughs> you get the characters right yep. do i like the characters do i care about the characters yeah and that's an important distinction even even just just a tiny bit. It's an important distinction to say like and care about the characters as opposed to getting them right. Because they don't necessarily have to be, oh, it's the exact same as the comics. Because critics couldn't care less about what the comics say about these characters. Also, at the time, Iron Man was not like he was in the comics. Yeah, so like, yeah. Point it's... invalid? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is that people will say, oh, well, the DCU, like, the characters are, are different takes, and they are. And that's not that's not a thing you can't do. But you still have to make his character... They still have to be compelling. So, yeah. Um, just checking in. I'm not... Again, we're going to end up bashing the DCU a lot in this, I'm sure, because we are not big fans. And it's going to draw a lot of comparisons. so close. 
I even said, like, I'm making fun of other things, but I'm not pointing names. And I was like, crap, I gotta do some Snyder bashing. <laughs> I got so close! Uh, and we've discussed the entire DCU. So close! If you want to hear our thoughts on that, go back and do that. And if you want to understand why we feel the way we do about this, but, like, that is how we feel about it. And I what think... What happened in Justice League? Um, ACDC got the the Martha boxes and they blew up because Cyborg and Superman without a mustache pulled them apart and Cyborg lost an arm I think and Batman was wearing a fat suit right Batman wore a fat suit um, Wonder Woman was there Wonder Woman was definitely there did you like that Wonder Woman Flash, movie I thought it was fine Flash said Dostoevsky who are you? To, to, a, to a little girl in Bless a truck. Bless you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our review of Justice League. That's also... Dawn of Justice. That's also my review of The Mummy and Star Wars The Last Jedi. That's, that's, our, review. <laughs> that's our review of Justice League. Dawn of Justice League 2. <laughs> the dawning. That's our review of Justice League. Dawn of Green Lantern 2, Sinestro Court. It's also my review of the Dark Knight Redemptioning. Just to make it more absurd. Oh boy. Why not? So next week, we're talking about Thor. Yep. I'm really curious to see how I feel about First Avenger. I think I'm going to feel pretty good about Thor. I might not like the First Avenger very much. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to watch that again. The First Avenger just has a couple of very key elements that keep me from getting into it. Which just is fascinating. Very, again, fascinating that just from the concept just a couple yeah. of key things that bother me. Like I don't really understand how they pulled this off to the point of like and it really does go back to the fact that the characters are likable so that even when you watch these movies that are yeah. mediocre you yeah. still like you're like oh I like that character so when you see him again you're like oh hey I see them again I like them and they're in a better movie now so I'm going to appreciate it still and appreciate their character progression even if I don't didn't like the story of that movie they were in and somehow they, they kept that going and then they made Avengers and it was amazing could you imagine at the end of First Avenger if Captain America is just like brutally decapitating Red Skull or just like yeah. snapping his neck yeah Tell that to the Red Skull snap neck. Yeah. I mean, it would still... For the children. I mean, if they had addressed it in the fact that Captain America is a soldier and, like, that's... The thing. Oh my god, you're totally right. That makes more sense. And, like, then they actually explained that, which they probably would have if that was kind of more the angle they went with, then... He is a soldier. Then, like... He uses a gun. Fine. But because they don't... that I mean, like... Whatever. <laughs> Some movies are bad. Marvel movies, for the most part, are just better. Well. Except for the most part. Fine. Except for the most part. I'm really curious to see when, we, when all is said and done, if, like, our ratio of movies that were like, oh, man, that was great. Like, the ratio of, like, B movies and up. Not B movie. B grade movies can, and Okay, up. can somebody explain the phrase B movie to me? I get that that's like a lower class of film where it's just like we're grading it on a different scale, but they aren't movies you'd actually give a B to, right? Yeah, that's not where that's coming from. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but it's something like... I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know what that phrase means. 
I mean, I know the, the the intent of what it's supposed to mean, but I don't know where it comes from. Let's look it up. It's All right, we're going to do that. You, you, you do some rambling. For, um... <laughs> the Wikipedia article for B-Movie, by the way, does note that it's n- the term is not to be confused with B-Movie, the movie starring uh, Jerry Seinfeld, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that, too. Can that be put on my tombstone? He watched both The Mummy 2017 and B-Movie starring Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> That's going to be put on my tombstone. So a B-Movie or B-Film is a low-budget commercial movie, but not an art house film. In its original usage during the golden age of Hollywood, the term more precisely identified films intended for distribution as the less publicized bottom half of a double feature akin to b-sides for recorded music okay never mind so there you go all right that, uh, finally clear that you'll learn something growing. new every day unless you don't if you don't you die and then you get a tombstone that says you watch the mummy 2017 a a, and b movie a learn a starring day. jerry seinfeld a learn a day keeps the death away <laughs> So you can find us online at here come the sequels. Please, please make that the description for this episode. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I will. Um, you can find us. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can find how are you doing there, buddy? You can search on YouTube for us. We're just here come the sequels. We don't really have a, a link for that, but that's our channel name. Um, you can find us on iTunes also at here come the sequels. Um, that's it. YouTube. I said YouTube. You said YouTube. Go watch YouTube. Oh, <laughs> just all of it. All of YouTube. Um, you can find us through here come the sequels at gmail.com as well. It's our Gmail. I think that's it. That sounds about right. <laughs> so next week we'll be talking about Thor. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Stay rogue, everybody. Sorry about that. My bird. <laughs>